Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Real Vision. I'm Ash Bennington. Today, I'm joined by Simon Dixon, CEO of Bank to the Future. Simon, welcome back to Real Vision. Good to be back again. I wish it was under better circumstances. Yeah, precisely to your point, obviously a moment of real fragility, even chaos in the crypto space, uh, frozen redemptions, bankruptcies, problems at Three Arrows Capital, Voyager, Celsius, CoinFlex, and others. Simon, for people who aren't following the space as closely as you are, give us the 50,000-foot top-down view of everything that's happening right now. Okay, so as with the traditional financial system, um, we're having our Lehman Brothers of Bitcoin moment. Um, and this is where one innovation leads to another innovation that gets stretched and stretched and stretched, uh, and then greed takes over that creates a cascading effect and creates the next cycle. We've seen it three times um, with um, collapsing exchanges, collapsing ICOs, and now we're seeing it with collapsing DeFi and yield. Um, what that means is that a very good idea was uh, some people believe in the future of Bitcoin as digital hard sound money that goes because it has a fixed supply. And therefore, as a long-term hodler, um, often people need to pull out some money um, because they don't want to sell their Bitcoin. So rather than selling it, they lock up some of their Bitcoin um, and they pull out some either stable coins or dollars or dollars equivalent. Um, and uh, some people then use that in order to speculate and do all sorts of stuff, or they um, are willing to actually pay some uh, interest to somebody in order to borrow their Bitcoin so that they can a hedge fund or someone can go short on Bitcoin. Um, pretty standard uh, financial market operations. Um, the, uh, the, the, the premise behind it was that there is over collateralization. So in the DeFi space, um, that is all enforced by code. And in the CFI, the centralized finance space, um, it is enforced by trust and regulations. The challenge is none of those platforms had the correct regulations. And so therefore, greed takes over um, and uh, they start issuing loans to uh, big hedge funds that claim to have big balance sheets and look like very big players and don't require the level of collateralization that would make that responsible loan. Um, and so if you look across all these different companies, um, they uh, deviated from a couple of things. Firstly, what is good collateral? Um, well, in our industry, a dollar-backed stablecoin that can be um, pulled out to dollars if it ever depegs is a reasonable collateral. Um, Bitcoin is a reasonable collateral. Um, you go further and further down the risk curve and you end up with lots and lots of problems. And then all of these contracts in the DeFi space are connected to each other. Um, and in the centralized space, everybody's lending to the same players in order to try and generate interest for the incredible amount of demand for those that wanted to receive some interest on their Bitcoin. Um, and one disastrous scenario um, a stable coin depegs, it's not backed by dollars, 
Um, and that creates a cascading effect of all the different financial institutions who are exposed to that um, and the current market we're in today. Simon, that's incredibly well framed and summed up. Let's go back and unpack some of those points. You mentioned the distinction between CFI and DeFi. Um, I think for people who are new to the space, these two things can often get very confusing. They're extremely different in the way they function. Give us a little bit of a deep dive on CFI versus DeFi. Yeah, sure. So in the early days of innovation of this, um, of this, uh, you know, collateralized lending model, um, you would go to a platform operator. Um, and a platform, um, originally, it was actually Bitfinex on an order book. Um, people wanted to short Bitcoin, so they were willing to borrow some Bitcoin, um, or they'd be willing to borrow some tether and pay an interest rate. And they'd be matched up on an order book. Um, to somebody that uh, was willing to receive interest um, on that and lose control of it. Um, that's an example of a centralized platform done on an order book. Um, but then people started to create user experiences that were very familiar to those that may, may have thought it's more like a traditional deposit account or savings account. And so companies come along and say, well, you know, we can do a bit better than a, an ugly order book for traders and sophisticated investors. Um, we can make it very easy for people to um, really sign up for an account, put some of their money out of their bank account, um, and uh, it'd be converted into a stable coin. And all the complexity is taken out of the equation um, to give a, a very nice user experience. Um, so this was all done by centralized platforms. The problem is, is that um, that's slightly deviated. With a DeFi contract, um, somebody that can use a DeFi contract, by definition, is a fairly sophisticated crypto user. And so you would have thought that a fairly sophisticated crypto user um, would somewhat have understood what they're doing, um, because by definition, um, in order to get that far, they probably needed to do go through several hoops to get there. Um, and the, the difference is that uh, when you um, put your money into one of these contracts, it's enforced by code. Um, there's no centralized company in the middle, um, and everything can be seen on a blockchain. Um, and uh, you can, you know, as uh, if something, if the market crashes and it starts to reach the level where you're going to be liquidated to cover the loan. And that can all be done by code, um, or you can just put more collateral into the contract. Um, and it's it's a you know one if you're a fairly sophisticated user, then it's a lot easier to manage. Um, with a centralized platform, that process is managed through phone calls, margin calls, um, the trust in the technology that the platform put together, um, and also uh, what it turned out is it started to deviate from a peer-to-peer -peer lending model over to what I call a securities model, where essentially you were investing in a fund, almost a DeFi fund. Now that has very different levels of disclosures, who can invest in it, suitability requirements, all of the regulations around a security that you may not have in a peer-to-peer -peer lending contract. Then if funds went missing, you may not know through a centralized platform. And in which case, if it's no longer backed one-to-one, -one, you now have the equivalent of a fractional reserve bank. Um, mm -hmm. And this is a cycle that we have seen three times where it moves from an idea, greed takes over, the regulations get pushed into another barrier, and it's no longer treated as a security. You have inappropriate people investing in it. 
um, and then those uh, something goes wrong, and suddenly you are an unlicensed bank, um, and the any market correction, any malicious actor, any market manipulation starts to um, you know expose that weakness, um, and then you start to see in the in the in the bear markets where all the bad actors and bad players were doing bad um, behaviors. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah. You know, for me, Simon, kind of the least you need to know, it's an excellent explanation, uh, particularly for people who've been in the space a little while and are beginning to understand it. The least you need to know for me uh, is that D5 platforms are using effectively uh, computer logic to make decisions. There's no discretion. Uh, it's put into the system. What happens, happens. It is just purely a function of the uh, of the code. When we talk about the C5 platforms, what we're talking about is is essentially fallible human beings who are making decisions. Uh, you know, we've seen this in this in the uh, TradFi space, meaning during the 2008 uh, time period, we saw periods where we had financial institutions that were under collateralized, over leveraged, and we saw some of these very similar problems. Is that a fair metaphor uh, or comparison to use for what we're seeing right now? Yeah, um, I think that the traditional financial system was a bit more dramatic because it's built upon what I call a fiat-based Ponzi scheme on top of leverage. Um, so you, at the base layer, you know, you have gold and then you have um, credit money, which is fiat currency, which was a receipt for gold. Um, then that receipt for gold became a fiat currency. And then all of this innovation happened on top of a fiat currency. Um, and so you have the entire economy and government intervention and government bailout. So it cascades across the entire economy around the world. Um, we've recreated that, but based upon digital hard sound money. So you started with Bitcoin, um, then you get receipt money by putting it into an exchange. Um, and then if they are not fully collateralized, you get credit money. Um, but this time with no regulations, um, and no, and, and, and illegally doing that. Um, uh, and then you get the same effect when you put innovation on top of it. It's identical. Um, and then you get back to the base layer of what is money. Um, and, uh, and that tends to, it, that tends to come out. Um, so, you know, you get back to Bitcoin, um, and, uh, people are just pulling all their money out of exchanges and out of lending platforms. So, uh, we've done the same, uh, this is human emotions of fear and greed, uh, and the technology is just slightly different. Where it got a little bit more complicated as well is when the CFI platforms grew so fast, so quickly, there was no way of matching up all those um, borrowers. So what did they have to do? Well, they had two choices. Find, just like in traditional banking, um, you could find a bunch of uh, people that wanted to you know, borrow credit cards or you could find one big institutional hedge fund or sovereign country, um, in, in, uh, you know, to do a massive loan, and then you can pull it across all of the people. Um, and, uh, you know, it, that's, or you have another choice, um, which is in the, in the, 
the the CFI place is they went to find the biggest hedge funds, which then creates a bit of a risk factor. And then they start to negotiate better terms where you're under collateralized. And that creates a risk event there by this one player. Um, and they started to find DeFi. So people thought they were investing in peer-to-peer -peer lending, but in the background, the CFI platforms were putting it all into DeFi for them. And so therefore, you've obfuscated the sophistication and a bunch of people that thought they were investing in a low-risk savings account were investing in a high-risk security um, and a, a systemically risky financial institution. Hey, if you like this clip, be sure to check out the full interview and more only on realvision.com forward slash crypto. It's 100% free. Sign up now.